LA and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan, and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB all those years ago. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today we discuss season six, episode 16, That Was Then. Written by Anna Fricky, um, mm-hmm. directed by Perry Lang. This originally aired on March 26th, 2003. The description from Wikipedia. Professor Hetson asked Joey to babysit for Harley to make sure she does her homework, but Joey ends up serving as relationship counselor when she finds Harley's boyfriend, Patrick, hiding in the house. Patrick starts to drool over Joey, which makes Harley jealous. Meanwhile, Dawson pays a visit to his past when he's asked to speak to Mr. Gold's class at Cape Side High about how it is to be working in L.A., One of the students, George, asks Dawson to watch his film, leading Dawson to realize that he's moved on from the teenager he once was. Pacey also returns to Capeside when his father is admitted to the hospital after suffering a heart attack. That's not what he suffers, but it is a heart condition. Mm -hmm. Pacey has an argument with his brother, Doug, about the way Pacey's been treating the family by shutting them out. He ends up at Dawson's house to check on the repairs after Audrey's incident over Christmas and Dawson invites him in to renew their friendship. I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that description. I wouldn't go that far, but I think it went too far in a number of places. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So like I said, last time there was like a six week break between castaways and this. Mm. So um, for March, um, starting March 1st, the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, the United States Customs Service, and the U.S. Secret Service moved to the D- U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Hmm. Um, March 1st, 2003, the Turkish parliament vetoes U.S. troop access to air bases in Turkey in order to attack Iraq from the north. The Bush administration starts working on Plan B, namely attacking Iraq from the south through the Persian Gulf. Hmm. March 5th, 2003, Lockyer versus Andrade and Ewing versus California. In two separate opinions, the Supreme Court of the United States, by 5 4 margins, upholds California's three strikes law. <laughs> Great. That was a bad one. We did bad on that one. Um, okay. <laughs> March 12th, 2003, the World Health Organization issues a global alert on severe acute respiratory syndrome when it spreads to Hong Kong and Vietnam after originating in mainland China. Hmm. Um, March 17th, 2003, St. Patrick's Day, U.S. President George W. Bush gives an ultimatum. Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein and his sons must either leave Iraq or force military action at a time of the U.S.'s choosing. (laughs) March 19th, I think you can see where this is headed. March 19th, 2003, the first American bombs drop on Baghdad after Iraqi President Saddam Hussein and his sons do not comply with the U.S. President George Bush's 48-hour mandate demanding their exit from Iraq. And on March 20th, 2003, the U.S.-led Iraq war begins. Um, I was in Washington, D.C. that week uh, visiting my friend Hmm. um, because I was in Washington, D.C. when this war started. It was also the day that I found out that I had gotten into my abroad program in London for the next year. Oh, cool. Mm. 
So March 22nd, 2003, the United States and the United Kingdom began their shock and awe campaign with a massive airstrike on military targets in Baghdad. And then for something completely different, on March 23rd, 2003, the 75th Annual Academy Awards Ceremony hosted by Steve Martin is held at the Kodak Theater in Hollywood. Rob Mm -hmm. Marshall's Chicago wins six awards out of 13 nominations, including Best Picture. Um, Roman Polanski wins Best Director for The Pianist, though he does Mm -hmm. not attend due to a longstanding arrest warrant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The telecast garners over 33 million viewers, making it the least watched and lowest rated televised ceremony so far. Um, Okay, so that was a doozy of a year Um, (laughs) or a month. March 2003, we were not doing well. Okay. Um, Number one movie is Bringing Down the House with Queen Queen Latifah and Steve Martin. Nice. I think people really like that movie. I've never seen it. Um, I don't think I ever saw it either. We do have some riches in the song department. Um, So starting off at number one, the song is In the Club by 50 Cent. Um, (laughs) A song we listened to a lot of in college. Um, Um, Okay, so in the month leading up to this episode, debuting at number 64 one week is Bring Me to Life by Evanescence, which I told you last week I have a very strange but um, interesting relationship with. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Debuting at 99 one week is Break You Off by The Roots featuring music. Um, nice. Debuting at 61 is a banger, even though the singer is super problematic, which is Rock Your Body by Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a banger of a song, but I hate him. Um, debuting at number 84 one week is a, a cover of Crowded House's Don't Dream It's Over, done by Sixpence None the Richer. Which hmm. I just found out that that was a thing right this second, like when I yeah. it before. Um, the week of the episode, we have debuting at number fifty-six, "The Anthem" by Good Charlotte. Oh right, rock rock and roll is really um, on a slippery downhill slope at this point. Yeah. Um, Talk about at problematic. Six- that guy that was like the lead singer, it was like dating Hillary Duff. Yeah, he was. I think he was like 24 and she was like 16 and everyone, all, the media was like cool with that. Ugh, I didn't, I did not remember that, but I trust you. And that's gross. Mm-hmm. Um, at number 63, we have the absolute banger of a cover of Joni Mitchell's Big Yellow Taxi done by the Counting Crows. Um, that is a great cover song. At number 75, R.I.P. Mitch Leary, we have Uncle Cracker's cover of Dobie Gray's Drift Away. (laughs) What? They did a cover? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You don't remember that? It played everywhere. Oh, God. You couldn't get away from it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And finally, this week, at 93, we have Peacekeeper by Fleetwood Mac, Hmm. who is still making Billboard Hot 100 songs in 2003, which I just find absolutely amazing. That's so wild. I there is a there's a video clip of um Steve of Fleetwood Mac singing is it Silver Spring, I think. Um and someone on Twitter like tweeted this thing where they were like, um, 
they're they're gonna make a biopic of Fleetwood Mac one day. It's inevitable, but nothing will ever compare to Stevie Nicks like belting that song straight through Lindsey Buckingham's soul and like cursing <laughs> him to hell, basically. Because it's like the lyrics are like, "You'll never get away from the voice of the woman that loves you," and she like fucking she is like, it's amazing. Oh my god. It, you should look it up on YouTube. It's one of the most amazing performances. And Stevie Nicks sings through him. I don't know how he's still standing at the end of it. She like <laughs> curses him. <laughs> Incredible. Anyway, that's my Fleetwood Mac um, story for the day. Um, okay. So Aaron, we're going to start in Pacey's apartment. And yeah, did he get a new TV? Yeah, great question. I had the same question. He seems to now have another big screen TV. So he's either, hopefully he Where's was smart Emma? and got the insurance on it. Emma's nowhere yeah. to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and Pacey's like, can't figure out what to watch. And then he goes over the window to look at out to the entrance of Hell's Kitchen. And I was like, did we know they live directly across from Hell's Kitchen? I think it's been, well... <laughs> It's been mentioned, but then it like is left ambiguous when like, I think he walks Emma home once and it feels like, why would you walk someone across the street? But like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so does so, that mean that Audrey was sitting in front of like that apartment when like, you know, CJ comes and like takes advantage of her? That's, that is what that means. Yes. You're mm -hmm, correct. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and he turns on the TV and grabs his jacket and like goes to leave, presumably to see Joey. And yeah, as like he, he has the his door, face is like thoughts. He's having thoughts, you know, and you're like, he is. Okay. he's having deep thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. deep thoughts with Pacey Witter. And he like, he goes to open the door. And of course, Joey's like about to knock in her apex great coat. And I just, my note was just <laughs> these period two period. These two, like the second they're there, I was just like, listen, I'm sold. What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, happening? all I could think was like, thank God they're going to address this. This is very unseason six, like, you know, so I was like, okay, <laughs> great. The thing that great. happened in a previous episode. The previous episode. Yes. The yes. previous <laughs> episode. Yeah. And they have this great, like they kind of smile at each other for a second and she's kind of nervous and you can see it. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like you were leaving. This is bad timing. Timing. Yeah. And and like, it's like awkward. They stare at each other. And then she kind of like invites herself in. Well, cause he was like, it's great timing. I was coming to see you, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, she invites herself in. She's like, you could, I could maybe like come in. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Sure. Of course. And he like starts give, offering her food and drinks and she's just kind of like okay stop that like we don't need to be this polite and she wants he, to talk and i'm excited for this well and he's the thing that i kind of love is he's like oh i've been meaning to be emotionally abusive to you for a while just making sure you're up for it and like it's i don't know how he makes these things like charming where he's just like oh yeah you don't want to talk like you don't want me to be nice so i'm gonna be mm -hmm. whatever but it's like kind of like fun i was i was like i don't know how you do that but you do hmm. um i mean i guess that's and, what, like a a flash forward or a you know like a foreshadowing of like how they're gonna draw like this character per patrick to be like him yeah maybe they have to retcon pacey um, yeah yeah um and so she's like do you like regret telling me what you told me and he's like I mean, he's like, it, I only it depends on how you feel about it. 
yeah if you regret hearing it well no he says if you regret hearing it like and and then josephine potter says that it's hard to regret hearing something that's already been on your mind and i said my kingdom for the knowledge of when she started feeling that way yeah like i mean i'm grateful for this line because we're always saying we just need one line but i'm also like wait what like i don't know it's just like it's hard because it's so disappointing that like joey has no friends so we haven't seen this journey and that they're also then oscillating with the whole eddie of it all so like i also don't really understand what we're supposed to take away from this like Right. Is it something that's always been in the back of her mind? Like, right. Okay. Okay. Has she always been thinking like, even when she fucked Dawson at the beginning of the season or when she was like right. hanging out with Charlie, like, was there always an issue of Pacey in the back of her mind? Like, I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. Right. We haven't gotten that, but that doesn't mean it couldn't be that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, and exactly. So- he just like he keeps smiling at her through this scene in a way that actually should be illegal it's so goddamn charming <laughs> like and he's like she kind of like pulls out this like use your or choose your own adventure metaphor and she says you know the thing of it is is like i used to cheat when i read well, those first books, of all which- she says did you read them and he calls back like being dumb and he's like you know i was barely literate till high school and like yeah. i don't know it's kind of weird rhetoric that they always make him do yeah i agree but like he she admits that she cheated on the choose your own adventures until she got a happy ending and i was like bitch we all did um (laughs) and she's like this is apparently like a metaphor for what what it feels like they're doing now or something like i can't quite tell what the metaphor is here but pacey's like you know he asked her if it like why does it feel to you like one false move is going to ruin our entire story Um, And it's like, Pacey, honey, because Dawson did a number on her. Right. (laughs) This is Dawson's fault, obviously. (laughs) And and Joey says it's like, you know, history. And I would say like, yeah, your history with Dawson, not your history with Pacey. But he (laughs) takes that as his history with their history. And he's like, but we've both grown. And like, I'm not going to run out the door if you don't like my choice, which is what we were saying yesterday is like this or last week. I'm sorry. Is this like safe space he provides her, you know, Mm -hmm. where. Yeah. And he also admits that he thinks that they've grown enough. Like, so I don't know. I feel like in this moment, like while like he's the one who brought up to Joey, how he was feeling, like we get the impression that he's been thinking about it and he's like, maybe things mm-hmm. are different. Maybe I have grown a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, maybe she has as well. Yeah. And she's like, you know, what are you afraid of? And he says like, just that this whole thing is like a mean trick and like, I just want to make sure that we've grown enough to be together without always having to replay our history, which I love that sentiment. And I love Mm -hmm. that. I think that is like totally real about like where these two are at and where I would expect them to be at right now is like, if we were going to try this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's the reality for anyone who wants to get back together, you know, and it's the fundamental reason why her and Dawson could never make it work is because they can't just start fresh. Yeah. You know, like to yeah. a healthy degree, obviously you don't want to forget everything, but you'd still need to admit that you're like starting new with your relationship. Right. Right. And, you know, he says, you know, I'd like to look into our future, not our past. And she's like, do you want a clean slate? And he's like, look, I just don't want my mistakes held against me. 
And she, I mean, mm. I really love this conversation between the two of them. Cause she's like, look, we, we both said and done things that we yeah. regret. Like, it's not just you that like, you know, yes, the prom was bad, but like, it wasn't just you that was like, not doing great. No, I totally agree. I feel like she's wholeheartedly taking like responsibility for like her part in the demise of their relationship, you know, and like they both equally contributed and did things that were like really painful and fucked up to each other. Yeah, totally. And Pacey's like, yeah, like we should, you know, we'll definitely do. We both did that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they like, look at each other, like, maybe we should make out right now. Like (laughs) maybe that's what we're going to do now. And he's, he stops himself and he's like, so it seems like maybe like I should go think about some things and maybe you should go think about some things and before I should lose my ability to speak or to think, yeah, to think clearly about things. And she's like, you know, She's kind she of like, all right, spinning. but like, we gotta have a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she really, really wants to have a plan. And Pacey's like yeah. over here reminding her like, girl, I'm not a, I'm not a planner. That's not my vibe. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. And they kind and of like, like, she panics and like, he stares into her eyes and he like goes in for a kiss and she yeah. pulls back and he totally handles it really well. Like, it's almost like he's I agree. proving his point to her. You know, he's like proving himself to be telling the truth. Totally. Well, and I mean, not only that, but they have this other moment where like she, um, you know, he's like, I'm not really a big fan of scheduling life, um, changing decisions. And she's like, that's not what I meant. And gives him this like very cute nod. That's like, okay, you got me kind of like, like he kind of like pinned something to her a little bit. And it's like both of these moments, that kiss and this moment where he kind of like, is like loosen up, but he says it a differently. Like, I feel like it's such, there's such these safety moments. Like I've been talking about, you know, there's such these tender moments. They're this like safe space. Like he doesn't freak out when she doesn't kiss him. He just kind of chuckles to himself and like, is like, okay, that's fine. Like no mm-hmm. big deal. And like, you know, and she doesn't get mad at him when he sort of ribs her for being so scheduled. Like it's going both ways in this conversation, which is what I really like about this conversation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's obviously like, they both would benefit from, they benefited from each other, like, you know, loosening each other up, but also like making a more structured life. Um, and they're acknowledging that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And she's, as she's leaving, she like turns and then she's like, well, what about pizza? You said thing about pizza. Like we could do that. Like, we don't have to talk about, each, you know, and it kind of fades into the credits. Like it's cute. <laughs> yeah and I'm like oh wow this is kind of everything I'm getting like the conversation I always wanted and I'm like I know this episode's not gonna go well though (laughs) (laughs) yes that's true but it does start off strong it started off with a conversation we want and need and and you know I really liked it um and then but then immediately Aaron it just slaps you right in the face yeah, we go to Hudson torturing Joey for some reason as they walk through campus. And I'm like, why the fuck is this happening? Like, oh my God. I'm sorry, yeah. but like Hudson is just such a pill to watch on screen. I agree. I, I kind of like the second he came on screen, I was like, oh God, this motherfucker again. 
Um, yeah. Also, like, and he's having such an inappropriate conversation with her. Like they also have this really unhealthy boundary. And like, for some reason, we're supposed to think like Joey is comfortable, like being on friendly terms with him, even though he like outright tortures her and she outright complains about him torturing her. So like, I just (laughs) don't understand what the fuck is happening with Hudson, you know? Yeah, because yeah. he's basically saying he has a date with someone from like the sociology department or something. And those dates are hard to come by. And he needs Joey to like babysit Harley. And like, I don't really understand why or what is happening because Harley is like, what, 16, 15? 16? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not like he's going out of town. He's going for dinner. So does she really need a babysitter? Right. Like, I think we're supposed to think that because she keeps sneaking away from him and like going out and like ending up at Hell's Kitchen that like she needs someone to watch her. Like, I think that's what we're supposed to think. But also I'm just kind of like, that's not what it's like. Yeah. Then the person is her father, not like a random student that her father tortures while he goes off. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, if you are concerned about this behavior, like you need to parent better. Like, I don't know what just having another like semi, like Joey's like literally 19 years old. Like, I don't know. It's like someone who like barely can vote is like taking care of your daughter. And that's somehow like better. teenage daughter. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, and at one point Hudson calls women, um, evil from conception because of how his daughter behaves. And I was like, Ooh, that's a lot to unpack. Um, (laughs) I fucking (laughs) hate this guy. I hate this guy so much. I know. And I, you know, it's like, and then he says things like that. I'm like, am I supposed to like him? Because I, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Harley's been extra loopy lately. And then Joey, like the first time she's ever stood up for a best friend of hers. She's like, no, I think (laughs) she's normal. Yes. She's a teenage girl. She has pictures of boys on her walls. Like that's normal. And then she's like, (laughs) stop being so overprotective because she might not even like have sex on her radar. But if she, if you keep like doing what you're doing, she's going to realize there's something fun and naughty she's missing out on. That's such a weird rhetoric and a, and B I cannot believe Joey is openly talking about sex and sexuality in this way. Like, you know what I mean? That's not in her character. It's not yeah, my king. Right. Like we've been begging for her to like, talk about anything regarding so her she, views around sex for episodes. Yeah. And now we got this. Yeah. It's so fucked up to this fucking yeah. asshole, you know? And Hudson's like, I want her to be more like you. And I'm just like, what a fucking eye roll. Like, oh my God, well, little perfect Joey. Like, oh, it's so gross. And like right. the way and he's then- equating like her sexuality, Harley or whatever he thinks is happening to like, no, I'd rather her be like Joey. How the fuck does he know what Joey was doing in high school? He's made some assumptions. Um, And like, he's like, come on, you had a boyfriend in high school, right? What was he like? And I was like, oh, okay. We're now going to think about Pacey because of this previous, you know. Well, no, the show is like, oh, he's Dawson. (laughs) The erasure is very positive. Very Yeah, but, but in this episode, I think it's all pointing at Pacey because we're actually dealing with Pacey finally. Um, And she's like, people change. But he was, and I was like, are you talking about Pacey? Because he was great. (laughs) I know. Are we talking about Dawson? I don't know. I can't follow because like, right. And has Dawson three episodes? 
Yeah, up until like two or three episodes ago, you acted like you never dated Basie. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then we just surprise of all surprises, we end up at Cape Side High School. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> and Dawson's like looking at the entrance to Cape Side, and Mr. Gold comes up behind him and is like, Dawson, thanks so much for coming in. Like, and and like they have this whole conversation about like how Dawson's like slow right now and he doesn't know what's happening. And Dawson's like, oh, I watched some of my old movies to prep for this class. And he's like, I don't know why I didn't go to law school. And I was like, God, my kingdom. Uh, Because you're 19. What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Agreed. But I mean, so Dawson has gone to Cape Side High to talk to Mr. Gold's class. He left L.A. Audrey's still in L.A. He left Todd's house. (laughs) Now he's back. Okay. Good to know. So we go to Pacey's office and he like gets a call from like his secretary and like we, he kind of gets dramatic, like, Oh wait, what hospital? Okay. And we immediately cut to Pacey walking into a hospital and Doug is there and Pacey like rightfully starts freaking out. Like, where is he? Like, what's going on? Like, does dad have a private room? And like, Doug is like a total asshole to him out of the gates. Like, I just like, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. Cause like Doug's answering the questions, but not really well. Like, you know, Doug's like, oh, he's going to get testing. And Pacey's like, okay, what tests is he getting? Did he have a heart attack? Like what's going on? And Doug's like, well, he didn't have a heart attack. He had an exaggerated arrhythmia, which I do not believe is a thing. Um, And Pacey like barges around asking questions and like Doug gets mad. Doug is like, like, I don't really know like what that means. And Pacey's like, okay, well, I'm going to find someone who does. And Doug's like, and it's like, well, like what? Like I understand like it's stressful moment for both of them, but like, fuck you, Doug. And you're not going to get better the rest of this episode. Uh, no, no, it's going really downhill from here. Um, and like Doug, Doug's like, you know, Pacey's just questioning what's happening. And then Doug gets mad that he's like being that way because he just watched their dad get taken in an ambulance. And like, he had to calm down his mom and sisters. And I was like, oh my God, wouldn't it be great if their other sister who seemingly might live in Boston, Gretchen Witter came back to this <laughs> No, I mean, I guess we're supposed to think no like Carrie still lives with the family or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but like, but then, but like Gretchen was revealed. seemingly going back to Boston. So I don't know right. why that wasn't even mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's kind of revealed that they like waited to call Pacey and it's like so fucked up. Yeah. Like, because Doug's like, well, I had to watch him. You know, Pacey's like, well, I was freaking out the whole car ride. And Pacey's like, Doug's like, well, I had to watch him as he grabbed his heart, you know, over breakfast. And like, you know, I don't know. It it like really bums me out how like they're still being so fucked up to Pacey after all of this time and all of this distance. I agree. I agree. I think this whole episode, I mean, I have to more, I'm going to have more to say later about Doug and Pacey, but like this whole episode, like he just gets shit on and you, and it's like, it reminded me of that episode in season two where Dawson like is drunk and tells Pacey that like, he's mad that his life is going well, because then it's like Dawson doesn't Mm -hmm. like that, you know, his, his Pacey's life seems to be going better than Dawson's. Or yeah, it is to make Dawson feel better about his life, you know? Yeah. Right. 
And it was like the same thing. And I was like, why is that Pacey's job? And why is that still Pacey's job? Like, ugh. anyway, I know, I know. Yeah. So we go from the hospital to Mr. Gold's class. Seemingly they've watched the entirety of wicked games or whatever that horror movie is, um, which is like just n- wicked dead. Thank you. Which is just like, no way you did that in one class. Um, well, it's also like and, rated R and like, you know, yeah. I don't know, whatever. Isn't there nudity in it? I mean, that was like a whole subplot of Dawson's turn into being an <laughs> asshole, you know? Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> don't, don't refer to other episodes in this television show. Okay. Um, so some totally precocious kid that's definitely a replica of Dawson starts like asking these questions of him and like Todd and like, you know, he's just like, well, Todd wasn't qualified to make this right. And like, you know, this kid knows Dawson's early work because Mr. Gold showed it. Oh my God. I laughed so hard when he's like early work. Like, I mean, honestly, okay. We have to remember that this film class that Mr. Gold, the same teacher, they even got the same actor to come back. He, Mm -hmm was only allowing upper class, you know, students to be in the class. So these students right. are like, what, 16, it's the end of the year. So like 16, 17, 18, like Dawson yeah. is like 19 years old. Like this kid is like two years younger than him. Maybe one, you know, it's so yeah. fucking bizarre. Yeah, totally. And like, not only that, but like, Dawson's early work like he has some like oeuvre that's like <laughs> I just love it anyway I know and it's like how did Mr. Gold get his hands on these things and like how well some we of them were made for Mr. Gold's class I don't think any of his movies were Dawson's remember he just did Helmets of Glory and that wasn't even his was Creek Days no oh, I guess Creek Days wasn't yeah, because huh. he won the Boston Film Award for like $5,000, which I'm going to yeah, bring yeah. up later. <laughs> okay. So this kid keeps hounding Dawson and the like, bell rings and he goes up yeah. to Dawson after class and is like, hey, I'm George, you know, and like starts talking to him more about movies to Dawson. And he, George is like, hey, can I show you my movie? <laughs> and it's like, yeah whatever this is yeah i mean such weird storytelling like i don't know it feels like they're just grasping at straws to like try to get a story out of this and it's really hard because like dawson is not even old enough to order a drink at a bar right so what exactly is like like is he supposed to be reflecting upon right now i don't know it's it's super weird it feels like a total like time jump you know yeah and so the, this kid, George, calls Dawson Mr. Leary, and Dawson has, like, some major thoughts about it. And Mr. Gold is like, I've been waiting six years for you to experience this, and it was totally worth it. I'm like, what is this timeline? <laughs> this show can't get a timeline right to fucking save itself. What the fuck itself. is happening? <laughs> yeah. So then we go to Harley's, like, Harley's in her room doing homework, and Joey checks on her progress, and she's being a brat. And Joey's like, you know, your she dad the wants music to read this. On. Yeah. And she like, you know, Joey's like, your dad wants to read this essay when you get home. So like, get it and going. Joey, girl. Yeah. Like, like Joey turns off the music. Super, like super weird. Like what kind of babysitter is she trying to be? And why is this happening? Yeah. And right. so for some reason, Joey knows that Hudson wants to read the essay when he gets back from this date. 
Yeah. What? And yeah. So like, you know, Joey's like, come on, you're a smart girl. I want to see an intro in 30 minutes. And Harley asked Joey how she knows she's smart. And Joey says she's already bored with life and it's only going to get worse if she spends her teen years trapped in her room. Um, and I was like, wow, that is a quite a, quite a sentence to say. Like, <laughs> There's a lot of sentences that come out of Joey and her perspective of like her teenage years, which literally yeah. she's still in. Right. Also, this set is so clearly Jen's old room that I was having I a hard time focusing. <laughs> I was like, this is Jen's room. What are you doing? So Har- Harley turns the music back on. Joey leaves and Oliver from the OC pops out of the closet. <laughs> Falls right out. And you're like, oh, right. Like, this guy. Oh, God. Right. He, he never not plays a douche. Um, So like. They, he like, you know, he's like, oh, I loved being in your closet because it smelled like girl, which like just, I was like, oh, oh, I know. And, and he, he like, like hops on the bed and like starts making out with her. <laughs> right. And then Joey, it's- of course, walks straight back in and like doesn't see and, like him goes first. to turn off the music. Yeah, it's so dumb. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. And she's like, oh, like when she sees them, like, oh, OK, what's happening here? I was just like, oh, my God. This is so stupid this is i just so stupid it. i'm sorry i can't i like the show started off so well where we get the storyline we fucking care about joey and pacey and now we have to go to joey and our best friend harley oh my god <laughs> and dawson and mr gold <laughs> yeah and fucking deputy doug god that guy it's like he's the character who's aged the worst honestly oh my god yeah seriously so then we go to pacey in the hospital and he sits down next to doug and they like have this whole conversation about like how pacey got the hospital to move their dad to a private room and doug's like pretty mean about it he's like what'd you slip would you slip him a 20 and it like seems like maybe the answer is yes pacey paid some money and i was like doug have you been in american healthcare systems like Whatever well, I just don't understand works, what's happening. Yeah. And it's like $20 doesn't even, even at the time, wasn't that much money, yeah. you know? So it's like, yeah. like Doug has $20 to spare. Like he could have done that, you know? And like, he also I agree. Yeah. It's like, I don't like know, like I know the, the subtext that's happening, but we're not there yet. We need to see more instances of of Pacey throwing his money around like Pacey right. coming in and throwing $20 so that your, your, your collective dad has, you know, a, a private room doesn't seem worth getting annoyed with. Well, and like, we have it on pre- precedent that this is like part of Pacey's past. Like he did this yeah. when he had no money, when he was in high school and he got bribed a yeah. guard to get Joey to see her dad. Like, no, I totally agree. And it's fucking, I just like, can't stand Doug's out of the gate because like, I understand that Doug's probably freaking out about his dad and his health, but so's Pacey. Like, I don't know. It, he, it's like, I, I just struggle because like part of the reason why the last episode is so good is because you want to fight where you see both sides. I honestly, right. I cannot see Doug's side in this other than him being a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, Doug, fuck off. Um, you know, and like, well, and Pacey it's like, apologizes. I get, 
I give Doug actually more of a benefit of the doubt that like when your loved one is sick and you're scared, sometimes you say shit. And I really do get that. But like this Doug feeling emasculated by the fact that Pacey got him a room moment. Like I just like find it so fascinating how many people in Pacey's life feel so inferior when he is not the fuck up. Like, yes, yes. That, that is wild. Yeah. It's so fucking twisted. Right. And then like you were saying, Pacey apologizes and he's like, look, I got myself worked up on the drive over here. I know you've been here all day. Like, I'm so sorry. So like he even like takes the blame for Doug being an asshole. I know. Oh my God. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah. And like, this is where I have a bone to pick with this storyline because Pacey's like you know you Doug kind of explains like what happened like they were at breakfast and he like grasped his chest and fell over and Pacey's like you know and, and you know Doug's like he's so strong all the time like it was so weird to see that and Pacey's like yeah like that's what's scary like I spent so long pushing his buttons in high school I forgot there were real feelings which like doesn't feel like the same conversation that ha- they're having and also mm-hmm. like I I don't I I remember that differently. Like, it's not that Pacey didn't push his buttons in high school, but like his dad was a piece of shit to him the whole time. Literally physically abusive. We on the show, we saw it. It wasn't even alluded to. We actually yeah. saw physical abuse at the hands of his father. In addition and, and later to on in this episode, he talks a about total that. alcoholic in front of, you know, Pacey and then like just a complete piece of shit to him. Um, and like, I don't know, like, I understand that like they're in an emotional state because their dad's in the hospital, but I just like, I'm so triggered by this retconning of Hudson that I'm like, are we going to retcon and like, you know, do a like, uh, redemption story of Sheriff Witter, like hard pass. No way. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want that. Yeah. Like he hit his child, you know, like, come Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. I mean, the only good thing I can say about this scene is we get a great shot of Pacey and Doug sitting in the chairs in the hospital Mm -hmm. that I really liked that like was very like on the money of like the exhaustion of hospitals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then we go back, Joey has Harley and Patrick come out to the dining room table. She's just hanging out with her BFF at the table. Okay. (laughs) And Joey like suggests that maybe Patrick should help Harley study American literature since they are study buddies. And he's like, well, I'm not actually in that class. And Joey kind of hilariously delivers this line of like, I'm shocked by this. News. <laughs> like She's like, <laughs> like there's parts of this episode that Katie Holmes is very funny. And I have to say, she kept making me laugh. Even and if, if I hated the story doesn't make sense. Like if I was, baby, right. if I was in this situation and I was like quote, babysitting a someone three years younger than me, I yeah. would be like, you'd kick that guy out. You need to fucking get out of here. Leave, <laughs> yeah. get out of yeah. here. Like you're not yeah, allowed yeah. to be here. Like, okay. Yeah. Hey, like this doesn't make any sense why he's like hanging out. I agree. And you then, kick that guy out immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Harley's like, oh, at least we're not having sex. And like Patrick, the guy like starts flirting with Joey right in front of Harley. And it's super creepy. It's so creepy. And like, thank God, you don't know because it's Dawson's Creek, but thank God Joey is not taking this, you know, for one second. 
for yeah. one second. Yeah. Because like Patrick's like, bet you broke some rules in high school, girl. Like it's like, it's so bad. He calls her Josephine at one point, which did make me laugh. He was like, well, <laughs> but Joseph- how does he know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then like, he like vaguely makes a reference that they should have a threesome. And I was like, I can't, I like cannot, I I cannot possibly get this guy off of my screen. He's so fucked up. And like knowing that Harley has like such a twisted father to like watch her in this relationship, like checks out, but it's really heartbreaking. Totally, totally. And like, you know, it made me laugh like that because Harley like Patrick turns to Harley and this made me laugh where he's like I really respect the role this woman is taking in your life right now and I was like oh my god dude like this is so ridiculous and Joey's like how old do you think I am and it's like oh god I mean and like to his credit without missing a beat he's like not old so much as wise and I was like (laughs) oh my god dude like Harley looks about ready to punch someone and Joey is like very unimpressed by this chode which again like you said I am so grateful for yeah Um, but then she looks at him and she's like I know you're kind and I'm like what are we trying to make this Patrick guy be a pacey yeah I had a similar note I had a similar note and a similar question we're gonna get to it um so back at the hospital Pacey uses a payphone to try to call Joey, but she's not answering. And like before he can leave a message, Doug grabs him to go in and see their dad. And the doctor, like when Pacey comes in, like the doctor's like, oh, I've heard so much about you from your dad. So Doug is like, dad's awake. And by the time Pacey has walked in, their dad has told the doctor so much about Pacey. (laughs) Well, I think he, I actually think he was, um, I think he was like telling him before, like when they were doing tests and stuff, I think that's what we were, was implying Mm. like, so like, he's like, your dad's so proud of you. Like, you know, and Pacey and like Mr. Witter is like, you know, Pacey's going to be taking care of all of us. One of these days, who would have thought? And like, you know, it's just like really uncomfortable. It's so fucked up. It's hard. It's It's hard to watch. So manipulative and so fucked up. Yeah. Cause like, you know, Pacey then is kind of like, oh, how's, you know, how are you doing? And, you know, Mr. Witter is kind of effusive towards Pacey. Like he's like, I'm so happy you're here. Like, I know you're busy. It's so amazing. You took the time to like come here. And like Doug in the fucking side of the room is like so pressed about this. Like he is Mm -hmm. so mad. He's like, you can see it all over his face. Like Pacey's being praised and Doug's not. And he's like pissed about it. And like, you know, then the doctor's like, okay, you know, Mr. Witter, like you're recovering. So like one kid at a time. Mm-hmm. and that's when he chooses Pacey to stay yeah and Pacey assumes it's going to be Doug and it's like oh I'm I'll see you later yeah. and then Mr. Witter's like no Pacey you stay and like it makes everyone uncomfortable um including Pacey to be honest like yeah. it's weird because he's not even lapping up this this praise so like the way that Doug is acting towards Pacey is just so fucked up yeah I agree And like, you know, Doug, Pacey and his dad just kind of chit chat and like, you know, we kind of go, we go to the next scene where we're again at Cape Side High School. Um, 
And the kid is showing Dawson this movie on one of those old IMAX. I know. And I had like a pang of nostalgia for it. Yeah. I know. I was like, damn, those colored IMAX. Well, there was a colored one. And then there was like when they switched to like no color, but it was still kind of, there was a lot of plastic around it. And I was like, oh man, that was a time. That was a time. Um, And Dawson's like silent at the end of this kid's movie. Like he doesn't know what to say. And the kid starts getting super offended. Sorry, I forgot what this guy's name is. So I just called George. him George. George. Okay. Like, he's like, does it make sense? Like, what? Is, I don't know. Whatever. He's like, your silence is speaking volumes. You hated it. I know it. Like, he's so dramatic. And Dawson, like, starts on this, like, speech he that has nothing to do with this kid's fighting movie. in this kid as if they're friends. Right. And it's so George weird. is the Dawson's like, best friend now. Yes. <laughs> I literally was like, I can't. I cannot go down this road. I can't. This is too depressing. It's too fucked up. I know. these. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Dawson's like, you know, dude, it's just hard to come back to your old high school and talk to, like, you guys about this stuff when you're just, like, kind of new at it and don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, I mean... <laughs> You probably shouldn't be here doing this. You're like literally three years older than this kid. Yeah. yeah. And like my thing is like, just critique the fucking film. I know it's so bizarre. Like he's like, I don't know what to say. And you're like, I I don't know. Like you watch so many movies and you talk to people about so many movies. Like this actually feels out of character. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, when Dawson confides and seeks out a new best friend, this guy, George is like, nah, dude seats taken like uh, no right, thank god and he's like yeah. i can't analyze you and i'm definitely not going to be your best friend and my mom's making dinner at 6 p.m <laughs> so see ya he, he says i i'm unqualified to analyze your crippling self-doubt and i was like sometimes this show like is i was like listen sometimes you get it very wrong and like i I get it i get it this kid is supposed to be dawson we're there with you we understand you don't have to like make him say some dawson line that's like not even a good dawson line you know what i'm sorry but like have the writers been watching the dailies with Harley? I mean, like this storyline slaps. Let's do another one with Dawson. Like what the fuck is happening? And he's Dawson's like, I don't know what to say, dude. Keep going. The film is good. Like, you know, you've got it. You've got the roots down. You just need to like learn some other stuff. And, and then the kids like, he's like oh, you so have the stuff. He's like, you've got all the stuff that can't be taught. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I, know. I know. And the kid's like, oh, so there's nothing more to teach me. I'm the best already. And like Dawson's <laughs> like, you're a lot like me, kid. And I was just like, oh my God, this is a fucking nightmare. Kid, I'm sorry. Like, I just can't get over the fact that this kid is three years younger than you. Like, I just can't. <laughs> and then Dawson's like, like, so, like he's some grizzled old man. He's like, remember the feeling of being able to make a film about something that you love. Like the, the ability to do it this way and control your vision. I really miss that. And I was like, oh my God, just, calm like, down. so hard to care. It's You so worked on one movie you worked on one movie and you got to like do a lot on it like he worked his way up quite high he got to like actually be the director and like apparently rewrote some of the scenes like okay (laughs) you know like like again he's like 19 he's 19 or 20 like he's actually accomplished a lot right 
no, totally, totally. Although I will say I have worked on more Hollywood films than Dawson has at this point in Dawson's <laughs> career. Yeah. Um, and so like George is like, you, you have the stink of burnout on you, Dawson. And Dawson's <laughs> like, all right, dude, that's enough. I'm like, oh my God. And then he has and like then, some opinion and then, on, uh-huh. wait, let's go ahead. Oh, it's go ahead. George has like opinions about Creek days. And I'm still like, I would give anything to watch this movie. How has George been able to watch it and not us? And I was going to say, and then George admits to us that he loved Creek days. And I was like, <laughs> how is that possible? <laughs> you know, we would Terrible. love it too. There's no way it's good. Like, I'm sorry. We would love it in the way we love country strong. We would yes. love it in the way we love country strong. Country yeah. strong is a masterpiece. Like, oh my <laughs> God. Spoiler. I mean, but when she dies, I couldn't believe it. I could not I, believe it. <laughs> I wish that I had recorded the noise you made in the movie theater. When I, she I still cannot believe it. <laughs> it was amazing. It was has this had Oscar buzz done that one? I really want them to. I there's a podcast of all about movies had that had Oscar buzz and then didn't get nominated for Oscars, and I'm like. <laughs> that movie is quintet like that they thought Gwyneth Paltrow was going to get nominated for an Oscar I for know that movie. it's so bad <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but then okay, Dawson sorry. does give some really good advice he's like stay in yep. school keep your nose clean and don't do sports uh, what it made me laugh it made me laugh I <laughs> made me laugh too and I was just like <laughs> wow 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 okay okay yeah so, so then we, so go, we back go back to, to the, the hospital, hospital where Mr. Witter is blaming his health on his wife. I, yeah. I just can't. I can't with it. I literally can't. I, I, there's too many people to hate in this episode. Like I just can't. <laughs> it's a very hateable episode. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Pacey's like, you know, he, she's like, your mom bought this bacon cookbook and she's trying to kill me with it. And like, you know, and then he's like, that's even funny though you, you have all the money. <laughs> I was like, why is that funny? I don't understand. Anyway, Pacey is appropriately like, this is serious pop. Like, <laughs> like you had a yeah. serious, like you collapsed, you know? And like Mr. Witter's like, you know, saying he that it's nothing. talking shit on Doug, which is so corrupt, you know? Yeah. He's like, why is Doug so worked up? And, and like good on Pacey. He defend. he's like, he was scared, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. And you know, Mr. Witter's like, you know, Doug's just looking for drama and he needs to get a life. And like, it's vaguely homophobic, like the way he says it. Yeah. But it's just so heartbreaking, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like, this guy's such an asshole. And like, I don't know. He's like, he uses his like love as capital and you know, the, the kids are fucked up from it. And it's just like, and we're not going to get any resolve from, you know, John Witter about that. Like this near death experience hasn't changed him. It's only made him more resolute and being a piece of shit dad. Well, it's interesting that you use the word. John is like, it's interesting you use uh-huh. the word love there because I actually wanted to say something about like we were talking about the kind different kinds of love last week between like 
Pacey and Joey and Dawson mm-hmm. and Joey and like all these different characters. And I like was having a kind of like, I was still thinking about that after we talked and I was thinking about bell hooks of all people. Um, mm-hmm. And I was thinking about like in her book, one of bell hooks is like theories is that like, actually like love is a th- love. First of all, love is an action. Um, mm-hmm. And that like, you know, there's care. A lot of people provide each other with care, but not with love. Love is like actually accepting the person for who they are and like want wanting to, you know, like see them succeed and helping them and, and like giving their definition of success. Right. Like, so whatever it is they want, like being along the, with, with them on the ride. And so like, there's this part of me that's like Pacey Witter's father does not love him. He sometimes cares for him but he he doesn't actively love his son you know Dawson doesn't actively love Joey he cares for her he has feelings for her and I think vice versa she doesn't actively love him either um and so like I don't know I just thought a lot about that and I thought like I because I don't like that we are using the same word for like these extremely disparate things right Mm. so I don't know that's just my I mean, I guess it depends on how the person giving it defines it, you know? Um, I do think Dawson, the way he loves people, he does love Joey, you know? He just doesn't have the same definition of love as, like, other people. Um, Yeah, by Bell Hook's definition, he does not love her, I will mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Um, So, you know, he's, you know, Mr. Witter's like, oh, you got to get back, right? You got to go to your, see your clients. Like, you got to get back to work. And like Pacey's like, you're my father. I'm here. Like, I'm not yeah, staying. he's like, like family. Like he gets all yeah. the diesel, you know? Yeah. Um, and John, like Mr. Witter comes out of nowhere and he's like, you grew up to be one of the good guys. And like, you know, in the realm of Dawson's Creek, this is actually really meaningful because Pacey's always pitted against Dawson, the, the quote, good guy. And therefore Pacey's the bad guy. So like, this is someone actually telling Pacey he's one of the good ones. However, like, I don't give a fuck what John Witter thinks about anyone, you know, like right. he's such a piece of shit. Right. And then John Witter has the fucking audacity to say to Pacey, I always knew you would. And I was like, that's some gaslighting bullshit. I know. (laughs) I know. It's like painful to watch. It's so painful. And it like, yeah, because Pacey's heart, like, right. Like, I understand why, but it's like, I don't know, because I guess it's really painful because the show is trying to make this a redemption story for Mr. Witter. And like, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, like, you know, parent relationships are complicated and like, you know, we're allowed to do with them what we will, but like this guy has been physically and verbally abusive to Pacey every time we've seen him on screen. And somehow we're supposed to be now that Pacey is like earning money. We're going to, and he gets like verbal accolades. We're going to be like, oh man, Mr. Witter, what a good guy. Like fuck off. No way. Absolutely. And he's like, you know, I should have said that to you more often, Pace. And then Pacey, this made me want to cry for Pacey because he's like, I didn't always hear you when you did, dad. And I'm like, Pacey, that's not how that went, my friend. Like, he did not say it to you ever. I know. And like, he, 
he Pacey then like holds his dad's hand and like I get it I get when your parents get older and things happen it is terrifying and when you don't have a great relationship I think so much shit comes up and like you know I think we're like prone to want to forgive or shove things under the rug when people are sick um Mm -hmm. and like And I think like when we're reminded that life is finite and you're not, you aren't going to have all the time in the world, but like that shit, the shit that they did to you, the shit, the trauma that you're experienced, you've experienced, it doesn't go away just because they die. It doesn't go away just because they're sick and like ignoring it is not the way to go. Um, Yeah. And the show, the show itself is obsessed with being like, they're your parents. And you're like, so like there's still humans that are being abusive to you. So like, what is happening? You know? No, totally. And like totally whatever. And that just gets into a whole complicated thing of like whatever. Of just like what is parenthood? And like, you know, so what that's a relationship where someone gets to be a piece of shit to you and you still have to like accept it. Like, you know, like what? Yeah, no. Anyway. Thanks. (laughs) Anyway, so back at you know, this whatever high school hangout, Patrick is checking out Joey as she reads Don DeLillo's white noise. Um, Harley is not happy. And then Patrick is like, Oh, I see you're reading white noise. It's like one of my favorite books. And I fucking cackled. I was like, no way in hell, much like Joey. I was like, no way in hell has this child read white noise. And like, also i mean overrated okay thank you um so harley like tries to nip this in the bud she's kind of like all right can you shut up i'm like trying to do this work yeah she's like look i invited you over to hang out with me you know Yeah. Mm -hmm. and then like this guy patrick kind of just like gets annoying or as if that was even more possible and harley (laughs) kind of goes off on him like season one joey um you know yeah totally like she's mad and they fight and like you know joey's like okay you know let's just forget that like all this is happening and move on which i was like joey let her tear this guy a new one he fucking deserves it um and then harley turns on joey and calls her helen and i was like what and then it was like oh as of troy as in of troy (laughs) yeah and joey's like what like (laughs) what's happening why is this happening to me and I mean, Harley's sorry, like my- Joey, but you go off on Jen all the time. Like, I know, I know, I know of what it's like to be your best friend. <laughs> Harley's like, my boyfriend is flirting with you. And then Joey, this made me cackle the way she said it. She was like, she's like, would you really call it that <laughs> flirt as in flirting? And I was like, that was funny. Um, Patrick is like boyfriend. We never had the yeah. talk. And I'm just like, get this guy out of here like i'm sorry joey stand up for your best friend like this guy sucks right and then harley says to him a thing we used to quote at each other all the time time. all the time (laughs) still just as funny when i heard it (laughs) i hate you with the burning passion of a thousand stds (laughs) (laughs) great line guys great oh my god and then joey just like puts her head in her hands because like kids am i right (laughs) yeah it's just like what's happening and then harley's like naming all the ways patrick treats her like shit yes 
this is the moment where I was like, am I supposed to be thinking these two are like Pacey and Joey? Because like one or two of those points are kind of similar to things that happen between Pacey and Joey. Or they're both teenagers that are dating. Like, I just don't understand where the similarities are at all because it's super (laughs) fucked up. She's like, I, I, every time I try to talk to you, change the subject or like, you know, you didn't cover for me when we were late to class and you asked someone else on a date to the school dance or whatever and I'm just like yeah like I just am like why is Joey letting this person still be under her like you know control Roof. like get him out yeah, of here exactly get him the fuck right because then because then Patrick is like well I, I asked that girl out because I wanted to keep my options open and like Harley I was like on Harley's side at this point which I was like I hate this but I'm on yeah. your side and she's uh, you know Harley's like wait great like so then I'm not an option anymore if your options are open and I was like yes a yeah. hundred percent mm-hmm. that is the reaction mm-hmm. and then she storms out and Patrick's like looks at Joey and is like oh man shouldn't have said that thing about the options and just like Joey like, just like is reading her book and says to begin with you should not have said that <laughs> like that was the first thing you shouldn't have said and like again we're supposed to think this guy is like a pacey type yeah, like no, what on no planet on what? no planet I just can't I mean, I mean a Dawson like... a Dawson I can see but <laughs> Although not even that. Not even. No, he's like a he's like a Chris Wolf. He's like a Chris Wolf. Yeah. Like, come on. It's so fucking wild. Yeah. And like, I don't know. And like Joey's uncomfortable to witness this fight, but she doesn't like stand up for her best friend. So it's like, what is going on? Totally. Totally. So then we go back to the hospital where Pacey finds Doug and like Doug doesn't want to go in and see her dad, their dad. And he's like you know did dad ask for me and pacey's like no he didn't like send for you but he knows you're here and like figured that i was coming out to like change places with you obviously and like visiting hours are gonna end so go in and like doug's like just such a fucking baby he's like you don't even know our dad you're not even here you know and pacey's like what the fuck is happening we're just two brothers trying to take care of our family and Doug gets all righteous and like Pacey is like, yeah, I will not, I will not deal with your resentment towards me. Absolutely not. Like I'm a member of this family. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and Doug's like mad at Pacey for playing musical careers. And he's like, you know, and the, Doug's you, like, like, well, I hate it that everyone forgets that you're supposed to be the fucking loser. <laughs> right. It's so yeah. fucked up. Yeah. And like, you know, he's like, I don't know, like what you expected of me. Like Pacey says this to Doug. Like, yeah, I don't know if you like thought that I was just going to stick around and be abused. Well, no, that I was going to cut a check and stay in Boston and not come here. Like, of course, I'm going to come here. Like our dad's in the hospital. And, you know, Doug's like, you know, I I do love that they're kind of laying it out. But like, and I love Doug being a little bit jealous of Pacey, like being out of Cape side. Like, I think that's a really interesting dynamic, but like, they don't do this. Well, this is not done. Well, I mean, and I'm not talking about the acting. I'm talking about the way this story unfolds. Like, I I think what an interesting story that Doug gets resentful being the sibling who didn't leave Cape side and Pacey, even if it's doing a job that Doug doesn't think is like worthy 
he he did leave Cape Side and like that's an interesting right. dynamic you know yeah and that's the thing is like we have seen Doug this season on the Christmas episode so we could have at least touched down on like you know starting yeah. this storyline like I just feel like now in season five and six every time we like check in with the family storylines we're like what the fuck is happening? Did I miss an episode? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. why is Joey's dad here and no one's saying anything? You know, yeah. Gail's cool with all these randos over for Christmas. Like, what? You know, right? And like, and the, I mean, the thing that Pacey sort of like does in this moment, and like, and like thinks is like, you you know, he kind of calls Doug out and is like, you just are mad that like you don't get to see me every day and know you're the good son like mm-hmm. and Pacey's like that's really sad and I was like dude this is fucking real like that is what Doug thinks and then Pacey yeah. says this he's like you know I guess I missed the daily beatings as much as you but I had to leave sometime and I was like okay so your dad beat you daily is what you've just said to us mm-hmm. or at least verbally he did you know he says beating daily beatings as much as I know, you, but I mean, that could like, be verbal, like verbal abuse, you know, mm. it doesn't matter. It's all the same, you know? <laughs> no, I know. But I'm just saying like, you know, what the fuck? Like I'm supposed to root for John Witter when you're telling me he beat his kids every day. Like I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, and, gets and to have to his on this like redemption story. Like, come on. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. So Doug's like, you know, uh, don't make this a celebration of your retreat from Capeside. And, th- and Pacey says, you know, I'm not. I'm like literally here to see our dad. Yeah. And like, you, just you know. see how like how much Pacey has benefited from like the chosen family of Dawson and Joey and Jen and like the McPhee's, you know? Yeah. And like Doug was just, you know, for as an abused kid, he was just obsessed with pleasing his dad. And like, as a result. Yeah didn't get you know love in a different way like it's fucking heartbreaking but like that's still a piece of shit and like recreating these scenarios that his dad did yeah yeah Yeah, and doug like you know is a pouty baby about it and is like great like you you know dad's all yours you fucking take care of him and like you know i was just like woof doug go to therapy jesus like oh my god like what is going on it's bad yeah so we go over to joey in her low-ass jeans like (laughs) i was so distracted the whole time i know i know (laughs) like i thought i I was like i'm gonna give it a pass the first time we see it but like it's so distracting in this one scene particularly that i was like yeah good god i can't believe we lived (laughs) through that like holy shit yeah i know and like joey's knocking on harley's door and patrick is still fucking still there like what is going on get this guy away from me (laughs) and like joey tells harley she's like knocking on the door and is like you're blowing this out of proportion and i'm like i mean i don't think she's not she's not oh my god um and Patrick then like I guess this is where we're supposed to think he's kind of like Pacey because he's like you know look like I have to be I have to be a dick because like she's so much smarter than I am and I like tried the romantic thing but I was all sweaty and nervous and like Joey's like despite what you think like that part the sweaty palms and stuff is actually like really endearing and like that's the part that like we want and then Patrick 
admits that he is negging Harley I so know. he can be the funny one. Yeah. I'm like, this is deranged, you guys. And Joey's like, oh, you're all the same. And I'm like, what the fuck what does the this fuck? mean? What I is know. going on here? I know. And at that moment, of course, Patrick starts hitting on her again. Yeah. And like, again, Joey's not having any of it, which is like, like hard. No, like, thank God. And she tells him some of the worst advice. She's like, you need to leave and come up with a gesture to get the girl back. Yikes. Like, I I don't know why you're advocating. Like, first of all, that behavior is pretty toxic. (laughs) Like, you know, but like, why is she advocating for these two to stay together? No, I know. I know. I I hear you. Um, You know, and like, she's like, you know, he's like, you remind me of someone I know. No, Joey, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And he's, she's like, you know, do this grand gesture and then like, keep that energy up every day, do it every day. Because like, you know, it doesn't stop. Like you treat her like the queen she is basically. And I'm like, I mean, that would be fine if he wasn't a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you know, and then she's like, you know, the, the only reason I didn't laugh in your face the second I fucking met you is because you remind me of someone, you know, and I was like, oh, so this dick bag is supposed to be pacey. And like that fucking sucks so bad. Like there's no fucking way in hell. I'm sorry. No, this guy I, is like, nothing. Absolutely like not. Absolutely not. And even at the time we're like, what? No, no. And this guy's nothing like pacey. pacey. Right. Even Pacey and Joey in season one, where he like makes fun of her and is like, you know, like, um, oh, our little Joey's all grown up. Like it's never malicious what he does to her and how he makes fun of her. There is no malice behind it ever. The only time there's ever like, I want to hurt you vibes is in Promicide. Right. And it's just like, they're not dating then. So it's like, there is a different. I totally agree it's just like, what? Like, I don't know. Like what is happening, Joey? Like, I just don't understand why she's like on the side of this guy. I agree with you, but she finally fucking kicks him out. Thank God. Finally. And like tries to get Harley to let her in. My God. It's the stupidest. So Pacey comes into the hotel room or the hotel, the hospital room to say goodnight. And like his dad and Doug are there and like, his dad like jokes that he could use a scotch, but otherwise he's fine. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> we're just being reminded of everything about Mr. Witter, aren't we? And like, where is Mrs. Witter? <laughs> like, what is going Where's on? Where's Jane Lynch? She's I not know. on Glee yet. I know. No. She's doing best in show. <laughs> she's got better things to do. Um, so Mr. And Witter, like, like th- thanks Pacey for the private room. And yeah. Like and Pacey, Pacey can like see. looks over yeah. at Doug and yeah. like, so he sees his like two abusers and he's like trying to decide who to please, you know? And it's like really right. fucking haunting to be honest. I agree. And he's like, you know, oh, I wasn't me. I didn't get the private room. It was Dougie. And like, I was just like, you know, Pacey, like, I hate that you have to do this, but also like mm-hmm. what a fucking mensch, like that. He's just like, I'm going to give it to you. Like, this seems so important to you that I'm going to give it to you. And I'm like, that's fucked. And also, you're a better man than I. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say whether that makes you a better person to, like, give in to your abuser. I don't know. It's super complicated. But, like, it just makes me hate Doug more, you know? Because Doug's stunned that Pacey, like, 
doesn't take Did the it. credit. And it's like, what? Like, that's not even in Pacey's character to be like bragging about things like this. Like, I don't know. I, I know. I know. And like, I just, whatever. So we go back to Joey finally getting into Harley's room and Harley's like pissed at her best friend, Joey. Mm-hmm. And then Joey sits down on her bed. Harley's pissed about Patrick, but Joey sits down on her bed with her shoes on and <laughs> um, puts her shoe on the bed. And I was like, that's oh what you should be God. pissed about. Oh, she's such a monster. It is so gross. It's not the last time she's going to put shoes on a bed in this episode. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> so she's like, you know, I'm not going to go after your guy, Harley. And I was just like, what? She's like was that ever in question i don't know like it just wasn't i don't even think harley thought that she just was like mad that like joey wasn't kicking this guy out yeah totally and like you know joey and then harley is literally like i know you're a girl's girl and i'm like bitch harley you don't know her at all you do not know she you have not seen the abuse she has flung at miss jen lindley Agreed. But also she's about to really like reinforce the patriarchy in this exact moment because she does this thing where she's like, Harley, like, you know, Harley's like, I know you wouldn't go after him. And Joey says, this is just what boys do testing limits. And I'm like, I'm offended that I'm watching this. So fucked up. It's so and he, fucked up. And Harley's like, I know I'm test. He's testing me, but like, I guess like, why would he test something that's like already on shaky ground? Like, it's not, you know, solidified. And he's like, she goes like, he messed with my psyche before we had anything foundational. And I was like, yeah, run from this. I know. Wake up <laughs> like, with this guy. Like, don't know, this talk guy to seems him like a again. real asshole. Yeah, he's exactly. And it's like testing limits is not charming or cute. Like, yeah. it's just fucked you know limits are things you sometimes accidentally run into and are like oh my god i'm so sorry it's not you're not a fucking velociraptor trying to get out of the cage um and so like joey tells harley that she's like you know i had i had issues with boys in high school yeah because harley asked her was it this hard for you in high school and i'm like yeah dawson fucked with her head nonstop. Right. Yeah. I mean, she this guy's a, seems a lot like Dawson. Yeah. Exactly. But like, it's not, this guy isn't as bad as Dawson or like he's worse than Dawson. I mean, but like, yeah, you know, I agree. I agree. But like Harley's, you know, Joey's like, I had, I had issues, but like in hindsight, it's 2020. And she's like, you know, the problems me and Pacey had seem like petty and the obstacles Dawson and I went through seem unnecessary. And then like, and like that fucking broke my heart i'm sorry we finally get a breakdown of like her feelings about dawson and pacey and their relationship and it's to harley i know (laughs) i know and harley's like if you could tell yourself you know one thing from then like what would it be and joey actually says something that i really like she's like you know when you're 16 like so many of those choices are motivated by fear like one wrong move and your whole world is going to end. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you just have to take a breath and forgive yourself for past mistakes. And there's this part of me that's like, what's very fascinating about that to me is like, Joey did do, you know, quote unquote, one wrong move and her world fucking did end, mm-hmm. you know? And like, and she's still like, this isn't like, but did it right? Like, 
and I think that that's so like, there's a part of me that's like, I wish we could have gone deeper with this. Like, I don't know, to Jen and not to fucking this 15 year old, but like, Audrey. Yeah. Audrey. Yeah. And like before that she says that where she's like, she finally, Joey finally confides and she's like, I've been thinking about what made things different with Eddie and why I could talk to him so easily. And that's when she kind of brings up about like her choices being motivated for, by fear. Right. And she's like, you know, she tells Harley, like tomorrow you're going to walk into school and want to punch Patrick, but he might say something that makes you change your mind. And I'm like, girl, what the fuck? Yikes. Make him earn it back. It, it like, there's a way in which I think this is super in character. Like she just did that with Dawson so many times where he like didn't even apologize and she forgave him, you know? And like, Harley, I mean, like, I agree with you, but it's hard to have this conversation where she's being, you know, reflective of her relationship with Dawson and her high school experience while then advocating for Harley, her best friend to like put up with the same kind of abuse. So makes me bizarre. laugh every time you call Harley your best friend. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's like of the whole show, we've never seen her be closer to anyone. Not even Audrey, it feels like. I know, I know, I, I know. It just makes me laugh every time. I, I just, it's funny. Anyway, Harley's like, you know, if this is about Eddie, why didn't you follow him across the country? And then like, Joey's like, it's not just about him. It's about me and what I'm ready for. And like, then she like leaves so we're supposed to like garner something out of that that like maybe she's ready for pacey now well she says like it's about moving forward yeah (laughs) yeah and like yeah when harley's like why didn't you follow eddie and it's like girl you are not her best friend you don't know anything about dawson (laughs) or pacey like what is going on here um yeah and then joey laughs and it's like not about him it's about me and what i'm ready for and like audrey harley's like well what are you ready for and joey's like i'm done talking about feelings and she just leaves yeah she's like oh write your paper i gotta go like your dad's gonna be home soon okay thanks good talk talk. it's like we keep bringing up eddie and like you know i understand like joey like slept with him and so it it would leave a mark on her and she would still be thinking about it but i still don't know exactly how she feels about him right like what does that mean like it's not about him it's about me it's and what i want it's like yeah exactly what do you want what what do you want (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we go to pacey pulling up to the leary house and he like goes to go into the porch and then Dawson's like so sad from behind him it's so sad to me that like after this real traumatic ev- event with his family he goes to like the one place in Cape Side that feels like home to him like yeah. I don't know that really broke my heart yeah and like Pacey's like Dawson like what are you what's going on what are you doing here and Dawson's like what are you doing here? yeah <laughs> you know and Pacey's like oh I just came to check on Gail and like see how the home repairs are doing and I was like ah someone referenced something from a previous episode how refreshing um and like dawson's really stunned by pacey's care and that made me a little bit sad i know Um, because i was like what has pacey ever done other than be like a total fucking dude like such a great guy you know and like he i just am like god dawson you really like still cannot see this um i know 
I mean, Pacey, and, Dawson has no friends either. He was considering, right. you know, befriending this kid, George. Like, it's so <laughs> heartbreaking. Before George rejected him because I that know. was too sad for George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So Pacey, Dawson's in a low place. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Pacey, like, Dawson, I mean, to his credit, he does thank Pacey for coming by and, like, checking on his mom, wanting to check on his mom. And, like, he's like, are you okay? Like. You seem a little yeah. off, you know. And Pacey like takes that space and confides in Dawson about his dad. And they, they kind of have mm. this talk about dads. And Pacey's like, that's probably what I was thinking of you, Dawson. Like, you know, and like, I don't know, it's a really tender moment where like yeah. Pacey has such space in his heart for Dawson. And like it kind of seems like Dawson doesn't really hold that same space for Pacey. Right. And it kind of, it was making me sad because they were kind of like chit chat when, as they were chatting on this porch, I was like, God, first of all, what would have been to like have a show with like two guy friends that were like kind of tender like this and talk to each other about these things? Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't have that been, have, wouldn't that have been so nice to have that storyline? Yeah. Or what if in addition to the storyline of Dawson and Joey and will they, won't they, we also got like a, will they, won't they Pacey and Dawson being friends again? Like their friendship is just as long and just as powerful to each other and just as important, but like it, it never really seemed to matter to the writers to give us like a moving forward for their characters. Um, And as a result, like, it's really sad because Dawson is kind of left with really no friends. Agreed. Yeah. And so Pacey's like, you know, um, I, I, you know, I worry that like, well, cause Dawson's like, when did we become these people? Like, you know, you're, I'm getting firewood, make sure the house is warm enough. You're like here checking in on my mom and the repairs on the house. And he's like, you know, I'm I've like, been worried that I'm like, y'all can't even order a drink at the bar. And you're talking about right. being old. Like what is going on? I know. I know. Totally. And Pacey's like, you know, I've been worried that I've been wearing this suit for so long. I forgot, you know, who I was basically. And they like Dawson kind of like fills Pacey in on what he did today. And like this whole thing with George and like how weird it is that like he got called sir and like, you know, Pacey's Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, people call me Mr. Witter sometimes. And I'm like looking for my dad. (laughs) Yeah. And And Dawson really confides in Pacey and he's just like, I you know, I don't really know what I'm doing with my life. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know anything and it feels super weird. Like you can tell that like, this is what we always knew would happen, but he was like that super precocious kid in high school. And like, now he's getting a little bit of his, you know, dues, I guess of like, well, you're not like the superstar that you were made out to be when you were growing up and that's fine that you were made out to be that when you're growing up but like now coming to terms with that is really difficult right and he's like you know and there are so many ghosts around here right like you said you know and like you know we get this at this point get this alexi murdoch cue of like blue mind and it's just such an alexi murdoch song and it's like so perfect um and like pacey's like you know there's this part of me that like would like the time back because Dawson sort of says there's these ghosts of like high school around here and like Pacey's like go back well Dawson says he wishes he could go back and start over yeah and Pacey's like you know I I, I'd like the time back but I don't know if I want it the way it was like and he's like you know is there a way to pinpoint a time in your life where everything goes wrong 
and like Dawson's like I think it was puberty <laughs> yeah and, and then Pacey's like he's like I'd like to skip that too <laughs> yeah yeah totally and then Pacey like tells Dawson you know like if you didn't have the great loves of your life you wouldn't have anything to make movies about and like you know Dawson's like yeah that's true but now I have this distance I have enough distance from it and now I can't afford to make movies and I was and like, back up, back up. He made Creek Days for $5,000, okay. $2,500, because he gave half of it to Joey. Right, right, $2,500. You're telling me that, like, the writing, the rewrites and the directing, you know, the closing, you know, final scene of the movie, he doesn't have $2,500? Um, seemingly no, Aaron. What? <laughs> um. And he just like worked for how many months eating yeah. like you don't the thing about film production is like when you're actually working in it, like you don't you don't spend that much money because you have no time to spend your money. Right. So you're not so he's someone like him is probably not making a fuck ton of money, but he's also not spending any of it mm-hmm. like you because also you eat every meal there. So and they were on location. So you get the, that money too. the per diem. Yeah. yeah. So um. Anyway, Dawson's like, or Pacey's like, afford, come on. Like, I, I'm a wizard of high finance. Like, I can help you out. And Dawson kind of makes this allusion to like, yeah, well, guys like you prey on guys like me. Um, and Pacey's like, all right, all right. Like, like we'll I'm talk sorry. about it a different After, time. After like this episode yeah. and like the, tr- like the men that are just rusting such toxicity on Pacey to have to hear Dawson mm. do that, you know, it's like, why do they have to yeah. drop it in that line, you know? Yeah. So Paisley's like, you know, we'll talk about it another time, but like whatever. And they kind of like smile at each other, like, and are having a nice time. And Dawson invites Pacey in. He's like, you know, I could make some coffee and like we could come in and talk. Like it's been a long day. Um, and it like and they go in together. Gives me, like chills. You're like, oh my God, yeah. they're rebuilding their friendship. This is actually really exciting to see and like exhilarating yeah. in this one way, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I do, I do wish we weren't on episode 16 of season six when like any yep. movement on this front really happened. I you totally know. agree with you. <laughs> like, it's like, it's a little bit too little too late. And it feels like, you know, they're trying to wrap up all these storylines because the show is ending. So right, it, it's just kind of like, okay, like, is, are we going to get an apology from these kids to each other? You know, <laughs> like what's going yeah, on? Totally. And um, then we go over to do- Joey's dorm uh, and she, um, you know, lays down on her bed with her shoes on. Um, and these people are so gross. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is, is so, so gross. gross. <laughs> and she um, calls Pacey and leaves a message for him. And like, she's like, you know, we watch her sort of be like, you know, look, I don't have an answer. And I like, couldn't think of something it's so funny because she said that to him before. I don't have any of the answers, Pacey. You know. Yeah. And she's like, you know, the problem is I think that we're trying to figure this out on our own and we should like do it together, which I was like, oh my God, girl, yes. I know. You actually no. should do it together. Growth. Yes. <laughs> right. And she's like, you know, she says, you know, they say if, if you had to do, or they ask like, if you had to do it all over again, what would you change? And she says, I'd probably change a lot of things, but I'm also lucky that I have the chance to change stuff. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to look at you and think of everything that happened. I'm going to look at you and think of everything that could. But, it's such but, a but, sweet sentiment. Like, this is what I wanted from this episode. 
I know it's so like, frustrating that the beginning and the end are so good. And like what we were looking for and the middle is absolute trash. Well, and it's like, it would be interesting, right. To like, they're, they're supposed to have dinner tonight and talk about this. And then PC's dad collapses and he has to go there and he has to like mm-hmm. deal with all this family trauma. Like, okay, fine. Tell me that story. Yeah, it would yeah. be interesting. And then he like runs into Dawson, like, and you know, they have this thing. Yeah, it's like, totally. That's interesting. And Dawson's storyline is fine. Like whatever. Fine. It's, it's I mean, it's stupid, but, but like, fine. fine. Yeah. But the whole, like, Harley and Patrick and Joey's like coming to realizations about her past through like Harley and Patrick. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. I can't with this. And like, it's It's so so much time in this episode. It's so heartbreaking to me that like the, the most amount of like feelings talk we've gotten from Joey in season six is to Harley. Like it's yeah. so heartbreaking to me. Like it's actually yeah. really devastating. And I just don't yeah. know why this is happening. I think that's a great like, question. We're in the college years. Just make like just make Harley be college age and like in the class with you. Like, <laughs> you know, be peers. <laughs> totally. Totally. Like, don't have there be the power dynamic of you being paid to be there with her. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's hard to deal with. Yeah. Anyway. So who are you rooting for? I mean, I'm rooting for Pacey and Joey and Dawson to like, you know, figure their shit out, Mm -hmm. but also like kind of no one, like, I mean, I guess Pacey in this episode, like, yeah, you know, like, I just, I, I feel like that was a struggle um to get through this episode with him like that was really hard and I think like Joey it was a struggle in a different way where I was like girl what are you saying and doing like why are you doing this like I know you know and Dawson it was kind of like okay James Vanderbeek needs to be in some episodes of this television show that he's the titular character (laughs) of but like yeah I don't know about this but whatever fine I I don't know yeah like not all storylines can be good and this one's so whatever so it's fine and like you know he's on this journey ending the production and it didn't go the way he wanted but in the other hand it kind of did he got all these opportunities so he's in this weird boat or whatever yeah um but I guess to have this really phenomenal episode and then to have this be the after the one after it and like after having to wait like months to watch this one so disappointing yeah. And like, totally. I, I just can't get on board with Hudson. I just, I cannot do a redemption story of, you know, Sheriff Witter at all. So like, no, thank you. And like, it's just too heartbreaking that none of these, like Dawson and Joey don't have friends. Like, I don't know that. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking for me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. Okay, so for our listener corner, this is from Christine. Okay. I wanted to talk about what you were saying about parents and how those who are considered, quote, good parents can still be shitheads to some degree. (laughs) I have a long history of problems with my dad. He was extremely controlling when I was growing up, literally controlling every aspect of my life. He was super strict about where I could go and when, who my friends were and forget about boys. (laughs) 
there were a lot of instances that I would consider to be narcissistic, even on the verge of abusive behaviors, but they're too many to mention. The worst one being that when a boy I liked in my year 10, I was 14 or 15, dropped his pants and asked me to touch his penis. I was so freaked out that I ran away and he told all of his friends who laughed at me. I wrote about it in my diary, which my dad read. And instead of using it as an opportunity to teach me about consent, he gave um, a proper telling off for getting myself into that situation. Oh Another my God. instant, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Another instance was when I was 16 and lost my virginity. I wrote about it to a pin pal and she referenced it in her reply, which my dad also read and repercussions were huge. He took away my mobile phone, grounded me and most dramatically made me cut off my cut up all my thong underwear. From then on, I kept my head down until I turned 18 when he literally quote freed me. Since then, we've maintained a decent enough relationship. I'm very close with my mom and only sister, and we've always done lots of things together as my family, despite my dad being an asshole. Fast forward to now I'm 37, married with two boys, five and seven, who my parents have a very close relationship with. After 2020 and the loss of my beloved father-in-law, my husband and I made the decision to relocate to Spain, where he grew up because we've inherited his family home. I was extremely anxious to tell my parents as I knew they'd be upset, but I figured it would be okay. My dad blew up right in my face and got so angry I had to leave the house. I returned the next day to talk it out calmly, explaining unnecessarily, I know, our reasons, and he got so upset to the point of telling me that this was worse than when my mom attempted suicide a couple years ago. Oh my God. I really don't like the phrase, but I was super triggered by this as as that was as far the worst thing that has ever happened to me. I did come to realize that the reason he didn't trust my decision-making was because he never allowed me to make my own decisions as a teen or child. We came to Spain and he didn't speak to me the whole time we were here, only relenting when we returned for Christmas. And I assume that's because my mom lectured him. They came to visit us a couple of weeks ago and it was terrible. He drinks a lot and would be drunk every afternoon, night. His drinking is a problem and he doesn't drink at work or drive drunk. But once he has that first one, he can't stop. And on more than one occasion was a real piece of shit to my mom. Sorry for the rambling, but I guess my question thoughts are, when do you think is just time to walk away? I feel so inherently, it feels so inherently unnatural to walk away from a parent parental relationship, but surely there comes a point where the burden to be understanding, sympathetic, supportive just ends. He has mental health issues that is, he is completely unwilling to confront or to seek help for. And I'm just exhausted with him. Um, you've talked a lot over the course of the podcast about different parental relationships and the subtle abuses that take place within the parameters of being a quote, good parent. And I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on how we should deal with parents like this and the long lasting effects of being parented this way can have. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, that's, you know, very personal and I don't take that lightly, that sort of trust you have. Um, in us with that story. So thank you. Um, I want to say that, you know, I, I think that it's, everything is individual, you know, it's, I think, I think prioritizing your own mental health and prioritizing your own, the health of you and your family. Um, and, and by that, I mean, sort of your immediate family, um, you know, um, that's, 
what I would be doing, um, you know, is like, at what point can I just not take this? And I, and, you know, I think one of the things and, and possibly Aaron can speak to this a little better than I can about like, you know, having a, having a relationship with a parent that you're not really like not really having a relationship with a parent. I think one of those things is to remember is that the door can be opened again and, and, you know, you might need to walk away from this relationship for a while, but that doesn't always mean it's over forever. Um, Mm -hmm. though it might, you know, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty firm in my boundaries, so I wouldn't, you know, be okay with, um, someone reading my diary. (laughs) I've already said that, (laughs) you know? Um, yeah. And if you feel like, this is abusive, then it is, you know, I trust you. And so, um, it's like, obviously there's trauma about being able to trust yourself when it comes to your dad, but like, you know, it seems like you already have the answers and, um, you know, you have kids that you need to work out, look out for. So, you know, to me, I, I wouldn't feel safe around that person personally, um, but obviously there's more to the story. We, we don't know, but yeah, I, I, I think that we, we see it on this show a lot, the toxicity of like, but they're your parents. Like Jen has to like give up her summer in Costa Rica because her parents like snap their fingers and are like, come hang out with us. Even though they literally don't talk to her the whole time that she's in Cape side and the show's yeah, narrative it- is like, no, but it's your parents. And it's like, well, no, her parent is Graham's. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. I feel really like, I feel really like this is a really fucked up moment in the U S and like, I'm pretty sure yeah. um, this listener isn't um, from the U S but where yeah. we're like looking down the barrel of forced parenthood while not really having a valid conversation about parenthood, you know? And it's like, right. we live in this world where it's like, in America where it's like, well, they're your parents. You need to deal with that. And like, but you are so fucked up. Um, I think, you know, you know, someone who like, you know, for me, um, who has, you know, spent a lot of time in queer community. Um, like I, I think for me, like, it's not that I don't recognize how fucking hard it is to walk away from a parent. I think it is, I think it is immensely a, a very significantly hard thing to do. Um, and I don't take it lightly. Um, but also, you know, I think for me having heard and and been around people with so many stories of parents where it's just like, in some of these cases, these, these people that I am, you know, friends with or, or, you know, um, or know, or have heard their stories, like they don't, that some of them didn't have a choice. Their parents walked away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of them, you know, it's like, there's only so long you can face a parent that like, does not, does not think that you living your life authentically is worthy. And I think mm-hmm. that's where you know, drawing a line between the story, you know, that you've shared with us and, and that, like, that's where I see the overlap is like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're queer or you're trans or you're a person whose parent just like does not trust you and is so overbearing and and controlling, like, you know, those things are all parts of the same kind of like pattern, 
Um, you know, and yes, there are nuances to each and every one of them. Um, and, you know, I was lucky enough to have parents and a mom who, who God, um, you know, did not care, um, about any of, you know, the things that a lot of queer people's parents care about was very happy, um, about, you know, me. Um, and I think that like, I think that there's like, I understand that it's not easy. Um, you know, I, I think a lot about what would, what would my parent have to do in order for me to walk away? And, and it's a lot. And so I get that, like, you know, I would put up with a lot from my parent before I actually walked away, but I do think that there's a line that I would, um, Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think it's just on a person to person basis, figuring out where your line is and if it gets crossed, you know, saying, okay, that got crossed and I, you know, what am I going to do now? Um, I think that's, I don't know. I hope that made sense. (laughs) I feel like I rambled a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's super hard in those relationships, you know, if it feels like. I think a lot of it is societal pressure, like the way it quote feels unnatural to step away from a relationship with your parent is like a, a way, like it's an oppressive mentality in our society that that is the case, um, you know, yeah. and because there are certain points where, you know, you just got to go. And like Julia said, you can always leave the door open, but. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. And like the, the way that we moralize parenting is toxic as well. Like every parent is going to traumatize you no matter what. <laughs> good. Yeah. Or yeah. Bad. Yeah. Totally. So, totally. Like childhood is traumatic. So there is no good parent. There is no, you know, it's just like, you're just a parent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I think there's a, a way in which, I mean, back to, you know, what I was saying about bell hooks and the, the definition of love, you know, it's an, it's an action. It's not a state of being, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's an action word. And so think about, you know, what kind of action, love action are you, that sounds weird. That's not how I wanted to say that, but what kind of like, you know, is that, are you feeling that at all? Um, you know, and is what you're feeling of that, outweighing the negative I think that's a a good place to start you know definitely yeah yeah but there's distance and that's only for the best yeah <laughs> physically physical distance <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but that I just too. think we see in this episode like the reinforcement of like well you gotta you gotta forgive your parent and it's like you actually saw physical abuse from this character and somehow we as the viewers are supposed to be like we should forgive him and like I I just think that like some of that just that societal pressure is um you know part of the toxicity because and I think it, it takes away your own personal agency about your boundaries yeah and I think like I would have been here for a story of Pacey forgiving his dad but mm-hmm. not the show forgiving his dad yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's up to Pacey. It's Pacey's choice, whether or not he wants to forgive his dad for the things that happen, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, and I'm kind of, I mean, I'm here for that storyline and, you know, for, um, I'm sorry, w- what's the person's name who wrote in? 
um, I'm, it's Christine. Christine. So, you know, what Christine is saying, like, you know, that's, it's kind of along that same line. If that is your personal choice uh, as the person in this relationship to do, you know, to forgive, to cut it off, to do whatever. Right. And, and to, to navigate that relationship as you see fit. Um, I think my problem to go back to the show with the show is that like the show seems to want to forgive. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Mm-hmm. Like those are two different things. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So anyway. Okay. So for our art and artist, I asked Aaron if I could say a little something, um, and talk about a little something, um, which is because her show is ending. I wanted to talk ever so slightly about Ellen DeGeneres. Um, mm-hmm. it's also pride month. Happy pride everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, so, uh, I guess I wanted to start with the old adage, um, of living in Los Angeles. This is what, which is for years and years, I've heard people say this to each other, which is that the first thing that happens to you when you move to Los Angeles is you get a parking ticket and somebody tells you what an asshole Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres is. And it's <laughs> been true for quite some time. It happened to me when I was first here and, um, you know, so, so I think a lot of the allegations or not even allegations, the things that really happened at the Ellen DeGeneres show and that her kind of being monstrous to her employees. Um, I, those are things that have been going around Los Angeles and Hollywood for a long time. People, you know, I think a lot of people who worked on her show have NDAs and can't talk about it, but, um, you, you yeah. hear things. Um, and, um, so I wanted to talk about Ellen DeGeneres's trajectory and sort of like as a queer person, as a person who broke through so many barriers and really did so much, both with her sitcom and I would argue with her talk show, um, you know, I think it's so fascinating that now, and I think like in a way it's like, it's sort of a kill your idols thing, right? There's like something that I think is probably good about her kind of downfall, so to speak. I mean, she's still filthy rich and she's fine. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, Ellen DeGeneres is going to be just fine, but like the fact that like, this is financially. Yes. The, the, the fact that like, you know, she in what was it? 1997, she comes out and she immediately like loses her career. Um, and it was such a big moment on television. Her show was so popular and then it got canceled the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got blacklisted for, I mean, she got so blacklisted that Laura Dern, who's in the episode with her, got blacklisted for multiple years and couldn't, and didn't work for like three years after that episode, you yeah. know, imagine not hiring Laura Dern to do things. Good God. Um, so So I think then when, what's really interesting to me about her talk show, even though I didn't watch it that often, like, I think the fact that like she goes into, you know, stay at home house, like where she goes into people's houses that are stay at home parents, you know, and we can assume because of our society, it's mostly women. And we can assume from our society, it's mostly suburban. Um, And you have people who maybe were not so, keen on gay people watching a lesbian talk about her wife and you know her life day to day and I think that 
probably did a lot of work to change hearts and minds. And for that, I think, you know, as, as a queer person, like you have to be grateful for, and then also she treated her staff monstrously. She treated people monstrously. She, you know, and I think like, that's like such a weird disconnect. And I know a lot of people in that I have talked to are like really sad about it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you think about it, Aaron. I think, you know, I kind of think that it's good to bring in the next generation of people who are going to break down fences and break down, you know, these walls and stuff like that. But also like, it's hard when a queer icon, you know, or an icon that seems to have opened so many doors for a community, like turns out to be shitty. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I just personally think that like humans are so multifaceted and, um, you know, just because someone's breaking down doors doesn't mean they're not an asshole or not a good person, you know? Um, right. I think that that, that quest for perfection is a a fault of, you know, of the left a lot. (laughs) Um, and it's more about like disconnecting I mean, it's the same thing about the, what we were talking last week with Roseanne, you know, mm-hmm. it's more about Roseanne than it is about Bill Cosby. Um, yeah. Or like, you know, a Scott Rudin, obviously, or something like that, where the behavior is like gray and whether it's illegal or not, you know, right. it's not least, necessarily criminal, but yeah. yeah, like you're still a bad person. Um, and, uh, like people are just good and bad. I mean, I personally think about Ellen is like, yeah, like I always heard that she wasn't a good person and working for her was really terrible and I don't watch talk shows. So it was an easy pass for me. (laughs) Um, right. I also don't like, I think personally, that there are people that are groundbreaking, but if you're not opening the doors and like keeping them open behind you, you're not a good person. If you're not being like an Issa Rae, like, I just like, I don't care. Like, yeah, cool. Like it must've been like, I get it. It was so hard for you at the time. And like, you know, we, we saw the first gay kiss on this show. So it was a different time, but, but like being a good person has nothing to do with the time you occupied and like the space you occupied. And it's not like Ellen was, there's like a string of people that Ellen elevated to in this ground, you know, using her platform. So like, I just like, okay, like then the only, like, like, that's cool. Like, that's amazing that you were this, you know, queer person on TV, but like, that's it. You know, <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't totally. know. To me, it's just totally. like, okay, well, then that's all that it was. And like, that's just one thing about you. Um, and so to me, like, I don't see her as like this like hero or this person to look up to um and yeah because I think that the importance of your platform is how you build community and how you what you do with it um however you know and what you try to accomplish with like the platform you're given and the space you're given and like 
you know, I personally never really saw her do that. And I saw her make all these mistakes, Ellen. <laughs> like she was like, yeah. no, George Bush, he, we, we bike together. He's a good person. You're just like, fuck off. Uh, like, yeah. Well, like off. he, I mean, yeah, he like signed the defensive marriage act. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Or no, did he? No, Bill Clinton, no, Clinton but he was really in favor of it. Um, but like, yeah, I hear you. And I think like, I, I guess what got me thinking about Ellen was like our discussion last week about Rose, particularly about Roseanne. I agree with you that I think Cosby and Roseanne are kind of different discussions. Um, you know, and, and when thinking about, but also, I guess, I guess a little bit thinking about Cosby and thinking about legacy and thinking about like, this was so groundbreaking, like, and this was such a groundbreaking moment. And, you know, Cosby was such a groundbreaking television show. And then how do you, how do you say, like, I guess what it is, is that like, it sometimes is hard to hold multiple things as truth at once, which is that this was extremely groundbreaking. It opened a lot of doors eventually, you know, for Ellen, it was eventually, um, you know, at first it shut a lot of doors and then it opened them up again. Um, and you know, that gets to live in the same world that like, also Ellen as a person is not someone you want to work for. Um, you know, and I don't, I mean, I've never met Ellen. I don't know her, you know, who knows how she is in any other aspect of her life, but you know, the, the workplace that she fostered seemed like, um, particularly nightmarish and how do you, you know, and I agree with you. I agree that like, it doesn't seem like the door was opened. It's like, yeah, she interviewed a lot of gay people on her show, um, you know, and they would talk about being gay. Um, and I, and like, like I said, like I do only think going on her show and like, not, you know, making the whole circuit, you know, the rounds, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Like I do remember when TR Knight came out because like he got outed by Isaiah Washington on Grey's Anatomy. Um, like, he I think he made a specific like I think there were certain there were certain places where specifically people would go on her show to talk about certain things that like maybe she could talk about with a little more um nuance although I mean now that I've said that there was a moment when Kevin Hart um you know is pretty homophobic um and mm -hmm. still to this day does pretty homophobic shit and um and he, he went on her show to promote a movie and she like totally defended him and was like, he's a good guy and like all this stuff. And like, you know, queer people were like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, it doesn't matter if he's a good guy. It doesn't matter if his movie made you laugh. Like he, what he's doing is like yeah, touting like, homophobia. Oh, he's which, nice like, to you. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think that like, you know, in the George Bush thing, obviously. And I think that just like, it's, you know, that's really disappointing. Um, but also I guess where I land is like, as a queer person, like, you know, you, there are so many great people that open doors that like, I guess, I guess I'd rather focus on them. I'd rather, and I'd rather focus on like the representation we get now, which is so much better. And like mm -hmm. the, you know, it's not that I'm not, grateful that Ellen opened some of those doors but also like she's not the end-all be-all and I guess I think the same thing about Roseanne and it's like you know yeah that that show did do a lot of good in bringing like I'm bringing a certain perspective 
that I do think actually gets lost um, to the country, you know, particularly in a time of wealth, um, which the 90s were to like bring the perspective of people who were kind of scraping by. Like, I think that that was really important. Um, you know, Cosby ha- was really important, but also there are so many shows that come after it that are really important as well. And so, you know, we can give those shows their dues without focusing on them or those people their dues without, you know, or those, you know, I guess not the people, but the shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just as we grow and change and, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with recalibrating your feelings on someone and, and what they mean to you. But yeah, I, just, I think the legacy of Ellen is, you know, obviously being the first person to come out on a, on their show and to be an openly gay actor playing like an openly gay lead character, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. But like not everyone living their truth is a good person. <laughs> right. Like sure. Sure. So I don't know. It, it's like, okay. Um yeah. And yeah, personally, like the few times I saw her show, I just felt like she wasn't that funny. Um, and she was rude. And like, you see all these clips yeah. of like, like the Dakota Johnson thing, you know, like, I, I don't mean, know. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like, okay. Um, and like in intersectionality, like she's still a white woman being right. a terrible person like white women are a lot you know so yeah I don't know it's like okay like in, it's hard to acknowledge that but at the same time like I functionally feel like that's the truth and again for me personally it's just like with even with the Bill Cosby show like a lot of those actors didn't go on to do anything after that and so there seems like elements of gatekeeping there and um yeah. you know so it's more about like who you're lifting up and elevating as you rise to the top um or sure. are you just hogging all the space and taking up all the narrative um and I just, yeah. I personally don't feel like that's right or just, um, and like, that yeah. doesn't lead you to be groundbreaking. It just leads you to be the first. So, well, and, know, like, oh, and actually George Washington like, still held slaves, you know? Yeah. But I actually, right. I was going to say George Washington um, wasn't a good person. Right. I, 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 no, but I was going to say like, actually one of the best interviews I ever saw was Rachel Maddow interviewing, um, interviewing um Pete Buttigieg when he first came out and it was like one of these things where you were like oh my god two gay people and she actually taught like asked nuanced interesting great questions and I had a moment at one point where I was like god like imagine if Ellen asked that kind of stuff on her show like that would be so Mm -hmm. great um you know uh so you know we have other people that can that can do good things so um, definitely yeah anyway cool that's all I got okay cool. <laughs> well thank you everyone for listening thank you for being here um you know we, we got some good pacey doughy content not as good as last week but still good nonetheless um we hope you all are staying safe it's a truly wild time to be alive summer is coming i hope you're staying cool i think it's going to be a doozy out there um especially with these energy prices um so that's wild uh 
yeah, I hope you're registered to vote. You know, midterms are going to be in November. So if you didn't make your primary, at least try to get into the midterm vote. Uh, Black Lives Matter, defund the police, stop Asian hate, honor our treaties, water is life. We stand with all movements to protect the rights of the working class. Police unions are not true unions. They work against the working class. Um, abortion is pro-life, Medicare for all, universal background checks. Um, like, what is it? We don't need to have automatic rifles legal in the U.S. or whatever mm. they're called. Um, cancel student debt. <laughs> I let's get more vaccines out there. We're still not talking about that. Like half of the world's population is not vaccinated yet. Like, come on, mm. let's, let's do this. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's critique. You can email us Dawson's critique at gmail.com. We want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at go freaking crazy. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.hensley for a capitalism corner. We have merch bit.ly slash Dawson's critique. I just put in some new merch up there. Um, a lot of people bought it, so I hope y'all liked it. <laughs> um, I bought one. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> um bit.ly slash Dawson's critique. Uh we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Dawson's critique. And as always, you can order our book, I remember everything, life lessons from Dawson's Creek, available wherever you get your books. We're gonna shout out to Golden Braid Bookstore in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, a great little shop. And uh you can order stuff from them, or if you're in Salt Lake City, you should go see them. They're cool. Um, please like a subscribe, write a review wherever it is you get your podcast. Thank you so much to those of you who have. We really appreciate it. Uh, it helps us immensely when you do that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Pesty1079, um, Twitter and Instagram at Pesty1079. We'd like to thank you for being here with us this week. We hope you're having a good one. And and um, we'll see you next week. Keep taking care of yourselves. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. I want to be-